This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Always a better Monday morning after an Arkansas win, specifically when you do it on the road. And I know Sam Pittman was talking about that's not a typical Auburn team, but that's still a very big win to be able to do that. Hey, when you go away from home and you win a game, it's a good day. I mean, it's fun to get on the plane and come home. And I think everybody was really satisfied when that game was over with because you do think about what happened there two years ago. And you got, you know, these kids are not beating Auburn. So it was a satisfying day. Why'd they win? Well, I thought the the field goal block in the third quarter changed everything. Um, you know, the biggest thing to me was they were, number one, they were able to run the ball. Uh, but number two, they, they took advantage of Auburn's mistakes and turned them into points. Um, they'd gotten some turnovers before. Now, obviously, uh, obviously they'd not blocked a field goal. But um, they'd gotten some turnovers prior to Saturday, and they hadn't done anything with them. And I thought that they were able to take advantage of what Auburn gave them. That The field goal changed everything, but the fact that they were able to come down and score and turned it into a dominant third quarter, I, I just thought changed the game. They had some key sacks in that game. Now, Christopher Pupal got a sack right before the first field goal attempt in the first quarter, pushed Anders Carlson back. He missed it. And then I, I want to say on that, block field goal, they also had a sack on that drive that kind of pushed them back a little bit. So they made some plays, and at Ashford kids can fly, so it was good to get him down certain times. Well, they got a lot more stops. They got a lot more stops Saturday than they've gotten. It's not a great Auburn team, uh, but, you know, Arkansas, um, and it would have been nice if they'd been able to do this in the first quarter. Uh, turned out it was in the third quarter. But when you've got a team that's reeling, and they are, um, you know, when you – when you really exert some dominance on them, you don't have to do it for very long, and they'll quit. And I thought that that's what happened to Auburn in the second half. I, I just thought after Arkansas scored twice, they called it a day. Well, to your point, and I, I was talking earlier, I thought the block punts kind of opened the gate, and you just look at the drive chart. They get the ball back out off the block punt. They start uh, at their own 36. They score a touchdown. They force a punt. Auburn uh, relinquishes the ball. Arkansas goes seven plays, 94 yards, another touchdown. In fact, Arkansas, starting with that block punt, scored three touchdowns in a row on their next three, or what did I say, block punt, block, block field goal, three touchdowns in a row on the next three possessions. 
Well, yeah, and and there again, I mean, you 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 take advantage of those situations, and I thought that's what they were able to do. They looked like a team that was in control to me. I never felt like they were going to lose the game, even after um, you know a rather sluggish start. I thought by the second quarter you could see Arkansas's line beginning to take over the game. And, you know, as you guys pointed out earlier, I mean, Sam Pittman said at halftime, he said, we got to run the ball more. And they did. And, uh, again, I, I just thought they broke Auburn's will in the third quarter. See, to me it felt more like the Texas A&M game where you dominated most of the first half. You let them get back in it with that late field goal at 17-13. And then that play that you just pointed out completely changed the outlook because Auburn had all the momentum heading into half, and then you grabbed it right back with that block field goal because I thought Arkansas should have been up by way more than they were at half. But they well, still that's easy to, you know, I mean, they were a little sluggish out of the gate, and, and it's not going to be perfect, but, I mean, it's a long game. Uh, and they scored uh, scored 41 points. So, I mean, they, um, um, you know, I thought they had Auburn in a position to break their will in the third quarter, and they took advantage of that. And they had a killer instinct in the second half, I thought. Well, they had technically five drives in the second half, but one of them was the nine-yard loss to end the game That when they got the ball back with just seconds to go um, after that garbage touchdown they're they're late for for all oh but if you look at those four drives touchdown 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 field goal was the second half drive chart for arkansas yeah so, i mean they know, just they just took over well we've been we've sat here and had lots of conversations guys throughout the first half of the season about man what's wrong with the third quarter come out of the gate slow but in provo and in auburn they are not doing they did did, did not do that one of the things that i i think is real key this team right now is the fact that they've been able to start all five offensive linemen in every game and that doesn't happen all the time doesn't happen there's lots of teams in our league that have dealt with injuries on the offensive line and um i think they're working as a unit right now um i think the entire offense is i i think they have developed that physical mentality not not just the ability to do it but the mentality of a physical offense and um you know, the, the numbers bear this out. I mean, they're able to do what they want to do offensively right now. I mean, they're going, they're averaging over 200 yards rushing and passing. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. It happened last year, and I didn't realize this. Rick pointed it out Saturday. It's the first time in 50 years Arkansas had averaged over 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing, and they're going to average even more this year. So um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've got an offensive line that's playing together right now. They've been able to stay healthy. And, you know, that's uh, that's what gives you a chance in November. KJ was riding that ballpark that you like to talk about, that 20 to, to 30 range. I think he was 16 for 24. And in total offense right now, they're top 15 in the country. When you combine that passing and running, they're slightly above, excuse me, slightly under 500 yards on that so they have the ability and coach was also talking about the weapons they have i mean landers had himself a good day Jaden caught a touchdown they spread it out a little bit too well the most important stats how many points you score and you look at what's happened the last two weeks and uh what have they averaged about 46 in those two games uh they're averaging close to 35 now on the season i mean um it's a good offense it's a good offense and when they're clicking as they uh, as they were some on Saturday, they can they can be really good. Well, and forty one twenty seven really doesn't tell the score with that late touchdown from Auburn. This game was was a much more decided ball game than the final margin. You know that was such a weird deal after the game because um, you know they 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 obviously wanted to score, and you know there's the mentality that you know a coach wants to show everybody that we're still playing and we're still fighting and we're still doing everything that we can to win the game. But after the game, and Ty, you know this, um, you know, Harson waited about an hour and a half before he came into the media room. And I know because I was texting back and forth with the Auburn Network guys. And uh, they were waiting and waiting. And a crew came out onto the field when we were getting ready to tape Coach Pittman's show. And they were setting up what looked to me like the setup for Brian Harson's TV show. They do it down in the end zone. And then all of a sudden I looked over and they were taking all the cameras down and it became obvious they were not going to tape a show. And then I'm getting texts from the Auburn guys saying, man, it's been an hour. He's not been in the media room yet. What's going on? Well, so all these rumors start flying around that Harson's getting fired right then. Of course, it didn't happen. He came in and, you know, put on a brave face, sounded to me like Chad Morris. 
And, um, you know, he, uh, but, but it was just a strange turn of events. And it started with that drive. It's like, what are they doing? I mean, take a knee, let's get out of here. But they wanted to score. And then it just got weird after the game. But he's, he's still standing today, I guess. So what were they doing for an hour? I think he was probably in there just sitting and staring. That would be my guess. Uh, and and it's, I think it's just as simple as that. I think he's just sitting and staring. They're getting ready to hire a new AD. They're going to hire him today, mm-hmm. make it official. Mr. Yeah. John Cohen coming yeah. over from Mississippi State, which I thought was which, odd. The baseball coach, and I think that's his alma mater, mm-hmm. is that odd for him to leave there? I know Auburn's mm-hmm. a better athletic director. Scott, right? Scott, Scott Strickland, Strickland yeah. that was his alma mater. And, yeah, he, was and, and uh, he was their athletic director at his alma mater. And yeah. he left to uh, Mississippi State does one thing pretty well. Um, they develop athletic directors. I will be honest. John Cohen, when he coached baseball at Mississippi State, he was kind of a hothead guy. I thought, man, I just can't see him as an AD. But evidently, he's pretty good. He's got his work cut out for him at Auburn. Um, The gap between Auburn and Alabama has never been wider. Never been wider. Job one's pretty obvious, though. (laughs) Yeah, he's got to hire a football coach. He's got to hire the right one. But I'm going to tell you, I, I, I sense this Saturday at Auburn that, you know, when your football program's not good, um, it permeates everything from the way you manage the event right down to the way you park cars. I mean, it permeates everything. It's like smoke seeping through cracks. I mean, eventually it's going to get there. They are as down as I've ever seen them. And I've been going to Auburn a long time, and I was stunned at um, how, uh, uh, how they have fallen. And it starts on the field. But it starts even higher than that. You can tell they've been rudderless in their AD's position. They got a lot of work to do, but John Cohen, I think, will do a good job there. And ironically, Auburn goes to Starkville this weekend. I know. And it's the so John it's a, Cohen Bowl. What, 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 what color tie do you wear, yeah. John Cohen? Where do you sit oh, for the he's game? He's going to be wearing oh navy God, blue and orange. I guarantee you. <laughs> Where do you go? What What do you do? He's going to know what to do. You talk about awkward. Oh but, yeah. Uh, for his family, for him, for yeah. for everybody. What What do you do uh, if you're in the uh, Cohen camp, so to speak? Real quick, geez, Louise. And yeah. to Chuck's point, every Auburn, and I say this 100. percent Every single Auburn fan that I talked to this weekend prior to the game, there was not a single one of them that thought they were going to win. A single one. I've never in my entire life been there. <laughs> talked to a visiting fan base before that every single person that you spoke to was not on their team, was not on their boat. It's unbelievable. That's just where they are right now. And look, we've been there. I, I mean, uh, people came to, visiting fans came to Fayetteville for a couple of years there and They'd be hard-pressed on Friday night at Herman's to find somebody that thought Arkansas was going to win. So, obviously, I mean, they're, they're, they're headed in the direction of change. So, what makes Brian Harson such a bad fit or a bad coach? I mean, this is a guy that's had success elsewhere. So, why is Brian Harson not working out Sometimes at it's just not the right fit. You know, and, and look, we can just look in our own backyard. You know, look at what Bielema is doing at Illinois right now. He was not a fit here. He's obviously a fit there. And... um Carson's a good coach. Um, you know, I don't know anyone over at Jonesboro that really, you know, can, that I know anyway, that can give you the inside scoop on what he's like. Um, sometimes guys are difficult to deal with. And when you're not winning ball games, you don't have anybody in your corner as a result. And I wonder if that's what's going on right now. But he wasn't the one that a lot of the boosters wanted. And it was almost as though their AD then, Alan Green, was going to be obstinate and show those boosters he could hire whoever he wanted. And he hired the wrong guy. I mean, I'm sure he was well-intentioned. And nobody wants to hire a guy that's going to cost them their job. But that's basically what happened. The way it works now, guys, if you mess up a football hire, you're not going to get another chance. And, um, you know, they messed up that football hire. And so nobody that was involved in that one is going to be involved in this one. And um, I will say this for John Cohen. He's an old-school baseball coach, and I don't think he's going to take anything from boosters. And that's what Auburn needs more than anything. Uh, They need a commissioner. They need somebody to come in there and rule with an iron hand. And um, Harson was doomed from the start. I think he's a good football coach. He'll probably go somewhere else and have some success. But it's not obviously going to be in this part of the country. Yeah, he's probably 
an AAC Conference USA, somewhere that I, level candidate. I think he could go to the Pac-12. Yeah. I think he could go to the Pac-12. I think there are places out there where he could that's, have success. Take him to Arizona same. State. <laughs> I think, I think, for example, at a place like Arizona State or Arizona, he could probably have some success. But um, when you don't have people on your staff that understand the recruiting landscape and you're part of the world, you are doomed. And they were already behind the eight ball when they hired him or they wouldn't have been out looking for a new coach. Um, but, you know, again, and, and, and we talked about this last week, I mean, of the 18 guys they signed in 21, nine of them are already gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I had to go over my spotting board with their guys before the game and cross out the guys who'd quit this week, and that's just kind of wow. where they are. Wow. Hey, do you have a loan with a variable or balloon interest rate, and you're worried about the next Fed meeting where they're going to raise rates again? Because how much is this going to cost me when my when my note balloons at the end of the year? Get ahead of it with a long term fixed rate from Farm Credit and lock it in now for the life of your loan. Farm Credit offers peace of mind in changing economic times. They're offering the longest terms in the ag industry. Talk to a farm credit office near you today. You can find one at myaglender.com. That's myaglender.com. Farm credit is an equal housing lender. Five wins now for the Razorbacks. Got Liberty this week. Hugh Freeze has got a fresh new contract. They're off a bye. Uh, this is not going to be an easy no. one this week. No, it's not going to be easy. None of them are going to be easy the rest of the way. Even Missouri showing signs of life. So, you know, I mean, it's... Um, it's kind of like we thought it would be. All these games in November, you got a chance to win. And all these games in November, man, you could get beat. Because, I mean, if uh, you don't do well in these three home games, all of a sudden that Missouri game, you know, you're not quite as high for that game as maybe you were before. So you never know what's going to happen. Mizzou might be playing to get into a bowl game. You never know. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I mean, Liberty's, uh, you know, they're 7-1. and one. I, I've never seen a ranked team as a 14-point underdog to the unranked team. but uh, So that kind of shows you that you know, maybe Vegas doesn't buy into their ranked status the way the, you know, some of the sports writers do. But, um, hey, they're 7-1, and one and they've won seven of the eight games on their schedule, and you can't argue with that. Coach was talking about in the postgame, next three games at home after this long extended road trip, talking about how homecoming is going to be nuts this week, and I had forgotten this was the homecoming game, and then you get a, what we just presumed to be a ranked LSU and a ranked Ole Miss team, so you have three ranked teams back to back to back. It's kind of like you were talking about before we got on, got to start getting up that ticket app again and, and <laughs> yeah. spreading out those tickets, yeah. Tommy. I, I hadn't had to worry about handing tickets out to anybody in seemingly a month, and uh, you know, I got to get back in the ticket business this week. You know, November is such a great month, though. I, I, I heard you guys when I was driving in talking about what Alabama's got coming up. You know, if Alabama beats LSU and Baton Rouge and beats Ole Miss and Oxford, they're right back in the college playoff conversation. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's just the time of year where this team and lots of teams, everybody's this way. I mean, these are the games. This is the month. And that's why I think it was so important that the last two weeks Arkansas win because it sets you up for perhaps the momentum that you need to, you know, to have a great November. That's what they were able to do last week. But I think they're beginning to click offensively. doesn't mean you're going to score on every possession, but it does mean, you know, in basketball you have runs. I do think in every game we're going to look back at the drive chart like Tommy was doing a minute ago and I think we're going to see three, four, five possessions consecutively where they've scored. And uh, if they're able to do that, they're going to keep winning games. Yeah. So look at the, the the coaches poll and the top 25 that's come out. We're going to have some undefeated teams. There's six left that are going to fall from those ranks because Georgia and Tennessee are going to play each other. Ohio State and Michigan eventually will play. So that's going to eliminate two of those four. You got TCU at 8 0, Clemson at 8 0. I guess that's the most interesting thing to me because we've had weeks in October where can you know every weekend one, two, three, four of those unbeaten teams fall. As far as the college football playoff, and we're going to get the initial rankings tomorrow. Watching those undefeated teams and how they do are going to be uh, you know, probably central to to where that four team playoff stacks up. Well, and the eye test comes into play. I mean, everything's going to be so preliminary tomorrow night. For example, let's say TCU keeps winning and Alabama beats LSU and Ole Miss consecutively. Alabama's got one loss, TCU's undefeated. Well, who's the better team? Yeah. I mean, who's the better team? A a the AP poll, for whatever it's worth, has Alabama one slot ahead of TCU. Yeah. Same thing in the coaches' poll. Yeah, so, I mean, 
My point is, is that, yes, undefeated records matter. Like, you look at Ohio State and Michigan, that matters. Can somebody beat Clemson? I think Clemson's the weakest of the teams out there that haven't lost, in my opinion. But, uh, um, and that includes TCU. But, you know, is somebody in the ACC going to be able to beat them? I don't know. I, I expect Tennessee tomorrow to be number one. I think it's good for the sport. Maybe. To have, well, even if they're not, they're going to play Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, let's put Tennessee at one. Because the sport needs someone else at one besides the, the the household names. One of the things that I like about the schedule is, technically we do not have a playoff yet. But we are beginning to yeah. get into what amounts to playoff football. Um, if Tennessee beats Georgia, well, odds are Tennessee's going to the SEC championship game. And odds are, I think they're still going to play Alabama. I think Alabama's going to win both these games on the road, and they're going to be right back in the front and center of everybody's conversation. But you essentially are having playoff football now. When Michigan plays Ohio State, that's a playoff game mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes. And um, I like November. I, th I, think, I think it's the best month of college football. And you got modern gun season coming back for all the, the duck hunters out there. It's just a good month and all of that when it comes to just not just sports, but wait a everything. second. What did you just say? What did you just say? I want to say modern gun season. Did I say that right? For who? For for who? The duck hunters or the deer hunters? Deer hunters. Deer did hunters. I say duck? That's okay. I was, I was thinking, That's okay. I was thinking about what we were joking about earlier because what what was the thing that Ryan and you guys were giving me a hard time? The sky blasting. Sky blasting. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I had no idea what that was, but I was cracking up on Friday morning when you guys were talking about that. That's always, uh, I guess I probably need to just stay away from the hunting stuff. Tommy, who we got on line one? Uh, let's go to Jimmy, who's in Conway. <laughs> go ahead, Jimmy. Good morning to you, fellas. Jimmy. want to see if I get an update on Torian Carter. I'm ready for that beast to be back. He's going to help out down the stretch, give them guys a break. And uh, it's Dominique Johnson. Is he able to take a red shirt? That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. So, Torian, the last time Coach talked about him was a week or so ago, and he said they might get him back with two games remaining or the bowl game. On Dominique Johnson, Coach said he'd rather address that today more in depth. He said he's dealing with an injury. Guys, he didn't play in the first, was it three games? So, I guess technic technically, I mean, he's only, he's only played in, what, two, three games this year? Well, we're going to have to see what the severity of the injury is. Uh, first things first on that, and uh, Coach will talk about that later today, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll update you on that, Jimmy. That would be the uh, thing I would be paying attention to and listening to Phil and Matt and Matty T on halftime when they do announce that later on today. Coach is with the media, I think, at 12 again, like he usually is on Monday. That would but be he, a very unusual path to a red shirt in a season is miss the first two or three games from, from preseason injury, play a few in the middle, and just sit the rest, so... Well, there's all you know. There's also the assumption that you know everybody can come back from the injury, and we're just going to have to hear about yeah. what the severity of the injury is. Is that one of those things where he and the Arkansas football staff send off the information to the NCAA, and then they decide if it's worthy or not? Well, I don't, I don't I'm not that sure works. about that. I I, th I I don't I I don't think we're to that point yet, frankly. I I, I think you're, you have to understand. Yeah. I, I I think you have to understand how devastating it is. For a football player when they are told you can't play because of this injury. You want to see a tough kid cry? It's not the injury that they cry from. Mm -mm. The crying comes when they tell them you're out. And you're going to be out for a long time. And you're going to have to rehab. And you're going to have to do things like that. So we're just going to have to take this step by step is kind of what it sounds like to me. And um, I guess the first thing will be for, for Coach Pittman to address that today. I think about Jalen Catalan, who had the season-ending injury last year, only to come back after rehab and decide I'm going to spend another time, another year at the U of A, and then initially just get that another season-ending injury. It's just tough break for kids. Some guys just have the worst luck, and it seems like Jalen's one of those guys. Dorian's one of those guys. Hopefully, Dominique is not one of those guys either. The Cody Walker syndrome. I mean, yeah, Cody, Cody Walker, Walker was here like six years. Yeah, yeah. This was. Uh, he had, he had six years even before COVID. 
Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lending. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Rocket Sanders is top 10 in the country right now in rushing yards, leads the Southeastern Conference, and has done it against one of the toughest, if not the toughest, schedules this season. He got asked about Darren McFadden on Saturday. He said he'd love to talk to Darren about just kind of what it's like to be the Razorback running back, wearing number five. Guys, is it a homer take that he could actually win the Doak Walker this year? Is that realistic based on the way he's played? You know, we talked about this after the game. What, you know, what if Arkansas wins the next five? And, you know, I was trying to take the... the uh, Shea Farian view. As well, I was trying to go to the edge of being a homer. And how could he get in the Heisman? I'm not suggesting he would win the Heisman, but what would get Rocket just in the conversation? Is there anything you could do? Obviously, you'd have to to win your remaining four games, look great against LSU and Ole Miss, but statistically, he's having that kind of season. I don't think he'll be in New York, but, you know, things fall right. He had a 300-yard game or something like that uh, against LSU or Ole Miss. Chuck, I don't. I think that's the, the edge of possibility right now for Rocket. Well, I think realistically, he would probably be more in the running for something like the Doak Walker Award. Um, if Arkansas has a great November and he ends up with, let's say, 1,500 yards, something mm-hmm. like that, he's going to be in the running for that. Um, you know, I, I just kind of see, um, I mean, personally, I think Hendon Hooker is going to win the Heisman Trophy um, because I think Tennessee is going to beat Georgia. And um, I think that he's going to be the guy. But, you know, Rocket will be in the hunt for, I think, the Doak Walker. The common denominator, and, you know, you can look at Rocket and you can look at D-Mac and, um, you look at a lot of other great running backs that put up those numbers. The common denominator is a great offensive line and a balanced offense. And um, Arkansas has got both of those things right now. So his, his numbers, if Arkansas does well in November, you have to figure that they're going to be able to run the ball well. And if they run the ball well, the majority of those yards are probably going to come from Rocket Sanders. So the numbers will pile up if Arkansas has a good month. If Arkansas does not have a good month, Chances are the numbers will fall 
exponentially, and we won't be talking about this at the end of the month. You're the numbers guy. It's another 100-yard game. How, do you know how many 100-yard games he's had this year? Not up the – I can look it up real quick. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested because I, how many could he end up with? Could he Could he end the season? He's had, what, two in a row? I, I know, maybe more than that going back past BYU. Five. I think so, five. I mean, could he have – I mean, you start putting up nine, ten, 100-yard games yeah. and – I don't know, uh, you know, how do you keep him out of some of these national Well, awards? there again, if, if if Arkansas, for him to put up those numbers, Arkansas is going to have to have a good month. And if Arkansas has a good month, by the time we get to the end of the season, they're going to be, say, 8-4, and four, maybe even 9-3. and three. That's a good month. You know, you win three of these four. Maybe you win all of them. You've had a good month. For that to happen, you're going to have to run the ball well. And if you're going to run the ball well, again, Rocket's going to get most of those numbers. So... If Arkansas, as the team does well this month, Rocket's going to be in some conversations for a lot of things. At the very least, he's going to be first-team All-SEC. They don't pass those things out every year. So um, it, it, it very much is a team statistic as well as an individual statistic. Not bad for a guy that was a wide receiver. Yeah, and, and you know, they uh, um, you got to give him credit for working at it. you got to give him credit for maybe looking at him and saying – Hey, you know, he might be pretty good at running back. And, um, you know, that was uh, that was a good decision. That's something I asked him about on Saturday. I said, Rocket, are you surprised how quickly you acclimated from being a slot, slot receiver at Rockledge to being a running back? And he's like, well, here's goals. The, well, here's the thing, though, Ty. I mean, there's a difference between high school football and college football. Just because you're a um, – I mean, it's kind of like in baseball. Sign you a team full of shortstops. You know, you got a bunch of good players. And, uh, you know, Rocket's a skill guy, and uh, I, I'm going to assume they felt like slot receiver was the best spot for him in high school, or they had running backs that at the time were established running backs. But you put a great athlete in a system, and lots of times you can put him in a different spot. And, um, again, playing behind a veteran, cohesive offensive line has served him really, really well. Well, you had the question, Tommy, he has six. Auburn, BYU, Alabama, Missouri State, South Carolina, and Cincinnati. He has busted 100 yards in every six of eight games. I mean, I think he could get 10. if he 10 of 12 in the regular season? I think that'll okay. get you. That that should get you co-SEC player of the week. So that's what that's what. Okay. <laughs> Again, it's a team award. I mean, it's a, it's, those are team numbers because without that offensive line, he doesn't get there. And that's probably the number one thing on the resume for that Joe Moore award for that offensive line. Absolutely. Look what our running backs No done. question about Here's it. Here's the evidence. And, and look at the are. balance. Look at how we pass protect. Look at how we run block. We average over 200 on each side. I mean, this is it's a good offensive line. Yeah. So, all right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. So we're talking about this football team having what we hope is a strong November. They, in the last two games, have kind of averaged in that 40 to 50 range points-wise. One of the reasons of that is that offensive line that you're talking about, Chuck. Teams can't get them off the field. Third down-wise, they are just killing opposing teams when they've been faced with it. They're top 15 in the country right now. You know the backbreakers of drives is when you, you get a team to third and four, third and five, third and six, or whatever. But Arkansas just keeps wheeling and dealing in that regard. I've been third manageable a lot, and that's important. I mean, you don't win on third down do you win on first and second down. I think particularly the last couple of games, they've thrown the ball more on first down. I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but I know they have. And um, that helps a lot, you know, and the ability to run the ball and all those things. Um, you know, they're not looking at a lot of third and forevers. And when you can avoid that, you got a chance. And KJ gives you a chance to make plays even sometimes when it's third and eight and nine. But for the most part, they've been able to win first and second down. And um, that's, that's why their third down numbers are so good. They continue to have success not just running the football but passing. Tommy, Matt Landers busted 100 yards this weekend, and he didn't have a touchdown in this game, but he's a guy that's really stepped up these last two games in his performances. Then 99 out at Provo, so that's over 200 yards in the last two games, and 
I've been asking the question, who's the premier go-to number one wide receiver? I think he might be starting to answer that question. Well, and I don't know that that's, you know, yeah, maybe so. But here's the thing. I, I, I'm not sure there has to be one. Um, you know, we got used to it with Burks. And look, if Burks is on your team, that's a pretty good strategy. You know, when you get in trouble, throw it to him. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that you have to necessarily have a number one guy. It's varied. Uh, there have been points where I thought Knox might be the guy. There has been a, you know, I thought at BYU Knox was, was, was impressive. And Landers is coming on. And again, a lot of that goes back to KJ, time to throw, going through his progressions. I think eight different guys caught balls on Saturday. And that's, um, you know, that's, that's a great number. That's a quarterback that sees the entire field. And so I don't know that he has to have a number one guy. I think each game will probably dictate that. Like, for example, on Saturday, the number one guy was whoever Nehemiah Pritchett was trying to cover. That was the number one guy. They picked on him all day. So I think it, 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 it may vary from game to game. One of the guys that didn't catch a pass, but we did see in action, was Isaiah Satania. And I had to pull up. I don't know about y'all. You knew who he was. But, Tommy, I had to pull up the depth chart because I didn't know what. No, I'm so used to seeing well, him wear number one in high school. We finally saw him with his first rush. Are we going to see more of him in November? Are they going to try and incorporate him in the offense coming no, off that high? I, I, I think, I, I, well, I say no. Yes, he's going to play some. But I think what they're going to do is make certain he can redshirt this year. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, frankly, they need him to make a, uh, make a run. I think they're fine um, you know, with Stevens at the punt returner spot. I think there's depth emerging at the wide receiver spot. I think you'll see him play in four games, with the bowl game being the fourth. He's and playing two? Is that right, Chuck? I'm not sure about that, but okay. um, um, I think you'll see him play in four games. I thought the one of the interesting things, just reviewing the, the stat package, was A, some of the guys back in the secondary, but B, just looking at the participation in Isaiah Satania, some of the other names you can go through here, and a Trent Gordon and Nico Dabier, and some of these guys that I know it was a 14-point game in the end, but Arkansas had a lot of breathing room in that fourth quarter. And, Chuck, you saw some young guys get their chance in, in this game at Auburn in a SEC game where you can't bring everybody. You bring 70. These guys made the trip and got on the field. Yeah, a lot of guys got to play at the end. I mean, it was um, – and, and, and that's what you want. Again, some of these guys will play in four games, and they'll redshirt. Um, for some of them, you know, they uh, uh, this you know they're far enough along now where they're not going to be able to redshirt. But um, yeah, it was it was it was nice to be able to play all those guys. Marion Harris was another name yeah. up front, but, and uh, and and he's been coming. Um, they think Marion's going to be a player. I think they think Kudis is going to be a player. Kid out of Memphis. I, they, they they and it's not to say they don't think the others will too, but I think those are two that they think really will be players as we move forward. Shambly made this trip. Uh, I think they think Shambly's going to be pretty good. Young man out of Maumelle. And, and I'm not saying if I leave somebody's name out, it doesn't mean they, yeah. they you know, they don't like them too. But I think particularly uh, Emarion Harris and uh, Kudis may be about time for them to play. Tykees too. Well, based on the games this season, you just haven't had that ability to put these guys in because no. even Missouri State's been close. Well, and, and you've stayed healthy. It goes yeah. back to where we were. You've, you, you know, you've stayed healthy on the line, so you hadn't had to go there. Morning Rush brought to you by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Let's talk about that secondary because you did get some guys back. What was your what was your thoughts on how the secondary performed with uh, a little more reestablished from a personnel standpoint? I thought they did okay. I, I'm I mean, again, I, I don't think, you know, these aren't shut down corners. You know, I'm I mean, they're not those I mean, McLaughlin maybe to an extent. But um, you know, this is this is not um, you know, um a fully staffed secondary. But I thought the guys that played, played, played well. I mean, you know, Chavis didn't go. So, you know, Clark got the start at corner, and I thought they held up well. I mean, again, they, they'd given up 20 points until Auburn, you know, went on that last drive, and most of those were against different players. So I thought they did fine. Yeah, yep. The 41-27 scores you said earlier is oh, not an actual depiction of what that happened close. that yeah. game. Yeah. So Hudson Clark. This is from Pro Football Focus, for whatever you think of that. 73 snaps in the game and was the Hogs' highest-rated defender. 
for all the all the grief he takes, all the all the uh, knocks he He's gets on Twitter. That, I mean, I mean, for if you believe in pro football focus well, analysis, he he was the top some of defender. that stuff's misleading. I think they had Trent Gordon as their top defender in one game. Uh, in 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 terms of the way he graded out, so. Uh, but I mean, here's the thing about Hudson Clark. He um, he gives you everything he's got every game, every play. Um, he's not spectacular. He's not going to be an NFL cornerback. He's not Jason Seahorn. If you go back that far, um, but he's a good player. He's a good college football player. He gets picked on. Uh, he leads the team in pass breakups. The reason that is because everybody's picking on him. You know, you see him over there, and you want to pick on him. That's just how it works. Uh, but he's held up, and he's never backed down. And he's given, and he's a good player. Plays the ball well. Um, he, you know, he, he gets the max out of his ability every single time. But play, play you speaking of playing the ball, there was a deep ball that Simeon Blair I thought played really well. That I, I felt like he was just not. I thought he was just going to tackle the guy before it. But they did have a few plays. And Ashford, Ashford's not a world beater. Now they go through the stretch. I was talking about the stretch of going to Bryce Young, Will Rogers, Jaron Hall. This is a tough stretch this week with Bennett. Then you go Jane Daniels, who's playing a lot better than Jackson Dart. Ashford is not near those three quarterbacks you're about to play, so you almost have to kind of wait and see what they can do against a better quarterback competition in the coming weeks. Well, the things that those teams have done is run the ball. You look at LSU and uh, Ole Miss, the thing that they've been able to do is run the ball. And um, if, if, you know, when Arkansas plays them, that's going to be a big deal again. I mean, LSU and, uh, you know, Ole Miss has kind of tailed off a little bit in terms of their rushing yardage until this past Saturday. And uh, that, that, that freshman's a real deal. Quinn, Sean, Junkins yeah, can, play, real he can play a little bit. Yeah. So before we go on this topic, let's talk about special teams for just a minute because I thought it was a little bit feast or famine. You had the two field goals that were important. There was one that uh, right before the half that really, you know, in hindsight – was important because it got you to 17 and then Auburn turns around and, and, and gets one as well. It kept that margin a little more comfortable than a 14-13 score without it. Bryce Stevens early in the game, I mean, within a whisker, touched, uh, nearly touched Jeez. a punt, went to replay, didn't. That could have been a huge momentum change. And Arkansas is still struggling, guys, to find consistency in the punt game. Well, I mean, got a 78-yarder, flipped the field, and he also had a shank. And, yeah. and uh, But I think overall, Bowers... You know, since since Bowers come in, I mean, Bowers had one, maybe one bad kick, you know, one 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 really bad one. I mean, to me, when I look at special teams, I mean, sometimes it's um, certainly not perfect, but you know, they got the key play of the game. You know, they made the key play of the game, and sometimes when you're deficient on in one area of special teams, you make up for it in the other. Yeah, the block field goal is really what changed yeah. the changed the, the fortune. That was the game. That was the game right there. Coach said that the guy kicked it low, and not like he didn't want to give credit to his guys, but he did say that Anders kicked it a little low. Well, and, and, and that's, you know, one of the advantages to come. When you push him back the way they did, make him try a 52-yarder, a lot of times it is a low kick. And, um, you know, if, if, if you can just get a little penetration and get your hands up in the air. You know, Nichols touched it first, and then Landon Jackson got a piece of it. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's part of the whole package. But... I thought they made a big play there, and to me, that was the uh, that was the turning point of the ball game. Guys, we're in the time of year when the heater's going to be on, the AC's going to be on, the fans going to be running. You got to make sure that you call the pros of Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Get into their Pascal Plan Protection Program because what this is going to do, it's going to allow you seasonal tune-ups. You're not going to have to wonder, is my heater ready to go? You're not going to have to wonder, is my thermostat going to be able to handle it when, when I go back and forth, as we all do this time of year. This is an Arkansas-owned company. This is an Arkansas-operated company. Professional people, professional service. They've been around for over 50 years. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, you know the name. Now they're expanding into central Arkansas. They're in the River Valley, Hot Springs, Searcy, Cabot, Newport. They're in southwest Missouri now. Charlie Boyce is the owner, former Razorback pitcher. you got a lot of former hogs out there. Trey Holloway, Nick Schmidt, Casey Rowlett, Daryl Madej, Brian McClellan. you got Drew Vest from the football program. you got others, too. My point is, is these are all grown-up men now, and they know what they're doing, and they can take care of you. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, professional people, professional service. You can log on to gopascal.com. Basketball team. Did not have a good showing in Austin, Texas. I had a friend that went down there, drove all 10 hours, 
said it wasn't worth the trip. They lose 90-60 to 60 in the Moody Center. And, guys, let me tell you, I was ticked off all week that they weren't showing it on TV. I am so glad that I did not have to watch that piece of crap showing that they put on on Saturday. And you know what? To be honest, I think Muss is happy they lost. And I think Muss is happy they got clobbered. And that might be an, <laughs> I don't know my, if I'd go that far. <laughs> I, you know what? He, he probably, what was told, I know Curtis Wilkerson, Hawk Sports, was reporting that uh, there's a good 40-minute chewing out of that team on Saturday, which they deserved to be. I mean, you lose by 30 points. I mean, golly, they just turned the ball over and couldn't hit a shot, it seemed like. Well, they kind of, you know, if it was a regular season game, we'd say they went into a hornet's nest. I mean, they opened up the new arena and, you know, um, I know it was not a regular season game, but I'm reminded of the night that we opened Bud Walton Arena and beat Missouri 120-68. to and That was a Missouri team that went to the Elite Eight. So sometimes things like that happen, and I wouldn't read a whole lot into it other than, um, you know, you've got a young team with a lot of talent, but there's one basketball. Um, you've got to play as a team. You've got to play as a unit. You've got to value possession of the ball. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's got to be some organization involved in this. And I didn't see the game. I've not watched a minute of it. All I've done is look at the box score. But um, obviously they went down there and just got their butt whipped. And sometimes that happens. Fortunately, it's an exhibition game. I did notice Must said after the game that, you know, our, our substitution pattern was different today than it would have been in a regular season game. Now, when you lose by 30, I don't know that that's the difference. But, um, you know, um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they fare in the first couple of games and how they fare when they get over to Hawaii. They play Louisville over there. Well, Louisville lost to a D2 team over the weekend in an exhibition game. And Tennessee ran Gonzaga off the floor in an exhibition game. And some of those things may matter down the road. Some may not. But um, they are exhibition games. But um, when you play Texas, you hate to lose by 30. Didn't get to see it like we like know, but just reading through it, it was 31-28 to 28 with three minutes to go in the first half. And from that point forward, it, you just do the math, 59-32 to 32 Texas over the last 23 minutes. That That's the thing that, I mean, you, you just think it was from pillar to post from the jump on. Arkansas was in this thing for 17 minutes, and then he talked about Tyrese Hunter and some of the Texas players, and it just it just changed on them. Well, they went on a 20-0 run at yeah. one point. That's about as hefty a run as you can have in basketball. So, again, I didn't see it, but clearly when you look at, you know, just the way the game unfolded, Texas hit a spurt and Arkansas couldn't stop them and turn the ball over. And, you know, they, uh, they're they 20 of 50 from the floor. And, um, you know, Texas put up 61 shots in the game. I was kind of following the box score as uh, when we left Auburn, we were on the bus going over to Columbus to, to fly home, and um, I was kind of looking at the box score, and the thing that struck me was the number of shots Texas had as opposed to the number of shots Arkansas had. Um, Texas just kind of dominated the shots on goal, if you want to use that term, and turnovers had a lot to do with it. But they got a lot of offensive rebounds, evidently, early on in the ball game, And as you say... Arkansas apparently still managed to stay in it. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know if there was a breakdown defensively, but I know that Texas just, uh, they, you know, they went off and scored a lot of points and, you know, ended up, uh, ended up blowing them out. You know, 26 to 12 points off turnovers. Arkansas got dominated in the paint, 38 to 28. Uh, but really it's the turnovers that concern me, guys, because that's a common theme from the trip to Italy. In the preseason, what we've seen now is a turnover number that's way too high Get and used closing to, to 20. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, we may see some of that early. I think one of the things that, you know, comes from playing four games and then two exhibition games with full stats kept in all of them now, um, you know, you do see the blemishes. Well, that's, that's why you're playing exhibition games, to get rid of those blemishes. And, um, you know, we'll see if it works as we move through the early part of the season. I, 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 uh, the unfortunate part about playing Texas is that everybody dissects it. And in the case of our fan base, ourselves included, you dissect it without having actually seen it. So, uh, but, you know, the bottom line is when you lose by 30, it's pretty evident what happened. If turnovers become a pattern moving through the season, and by moving through the season, I mean after you get to the first of the year, then, yeah, I, I, I think we got something to talk about. But when you've got 11 new guys 
kind of naive to think you're not going to have turnovers early on. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com Promo code HTL You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. 41-27 the final over the Auburn Tigers this weekend in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Here's Coach Pittman on what it was finally like to beat Auburn. means everything. They're a good football team. Last time we'd beaten them was in, I believe, 15 and overtime. It was my last year at Arkansas. You know, other teams have I know they haven't won as many games as they had in the past, but they've played teams close and had some good games with some good football programs. I think now we've beaten every West team since I've been here besides Bama. So we need to get that one off. We need to do that. Tommy, you were telling me before, and and I kind of didn't think about that until he said it, but that is true. I mean, the only team they had in the West they hadn't beat prior to Alabama was Auburn. They finally accomplished that on Saturday. I hadn't even thought of that note until he said it post-game. Then, Chuck, you and Coach were having the same conversation on the TV show. I mean, I hadn't even thought of it in those terms. They wanted to beat them. I mean, that was important to them. They, uh, They wanted to check that off their list. Here's the real question of today, though, guys, and this should have been the question of the day. Ty, do you go to the door for trick-or-treaters? Do you answer the door, or are you the guy that, like, has no candy, turns his light off? How do you how do you play it tonight? I think uh, tonight we'll buy candy. It's me and two guys around my age, and we'll have our light on probably 8.30 or 9-ish, and we'll, we'll go to the So, place. like, are you the cheerful guy? Do you give good candy? Do you give good candy? Name brand candy? Name brand, of course. We load it up. Now, there was a house I used to go to that had full candy bars. I don't know if I'm going to go to that extent, candy but I will bar. have uh, I will, we will have the mini and give them a bunch. It won't be one piece. It'll be plenty of pieces. How do you guys go about it? Like, give me the give me the... Well, that view from y'all's standpoint. I don't get a ton of t- trick-or-treaters at our house because of kind of... Because of the where, gates. Well, you know, because of the gates. And, and the security guards. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the yeah. dogs. Yeah. But, well, behind my house is where all the trick-or-treating is done. And so I'll probably uh, sit out there on the and watch the World Series, watch a little Monday Night Football, and I told the kids we we get s'more stuff, get a little fire going in the fire pit, do that tonight after they uh, get back because... Our kids are at the age, Mom, Dad, we don't really want y'all to go, go with us anymore. Uh, yeah, we can handle this on our own. Did that hurt your feelings when they say that? <laughs> are you kidding? You just Not a bit. Just did that. I, I guess that's Tommy me. used to go as an Uber driver. Tommy that's would always exactly go right. as an Uber driver in previous what, Halloweens. What, he doesn't have to go that way what this is year. The, now, now these these parents, yeah, they let them go door to door. They go to the door, they get back in the car, they drive one door, they get out, they go to the door. They Man, go, we went and, all over town exactly. when I was a kid. The last thing in the world you wanted, go. I mean, the sissies got out of cars exactly. with their parents. I mean, come You on. run from one house to the next to the next. Like Musk was saying last week. So what is the... What is the time that is allowed that we can turn off our lights? Most kids are... I think 8.30 is realistic. Once you get past 8.30, you got a bunch of teenage hoodlums out there that are just trying to scarf the good candy or they're sizing you up for what they're going to come back and do later. Double dippers, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think 8.30 is probably the good cutoff time for the reasonably aged kids. See, now... Halloween, when the kids were younger, turned into almost like Christmas or Thanksgiving. We had to make the tour. We had to go to all the grandparents' house so they could see them and get a picture and fawn over them. Now, now we've kind of reached that age where mine are 11 and 12. They, 
you know, they, they just want to go with their with their friends in the neighborhood. So I don't have to, like you said, be the Uber driver and we go all the way around town. Do we see funny pictures of the coaching staff and the players, football, basketball, baseball, dressed up know. today? I don't know. Maybe. What are you What are you dressing up as tonight, Ty? I'm not wearing anything. A baller? You're going to go as a baller tonight? No, not tonight. I, I, I'm i not dressing up. Are you guys dressing up tonight? No. I'm going to dress up in my uh, sleeping pants. Yeah. I'm going to watch the World Series <laughs> game and... Uh, I'm going to answer the door. You're going to go to the door in your pajamas? Yeah, I'm going to go to the door in my pajamas, pass out name brand candy, and uh, then at 8.30, I'm going to turn the lights off. Yeah, can I get your address? Let me yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, this is uh, this is one of those nights that uh, you, you live for. This, as a kid, was a more important, this was far more important than Thanksgiving. Because, you know, candy and then and Christmas, of course, was number one. This is, you know... Behind your birthday and Christmas, Halloween's probably uh, up there. number three for, for, for the kids. There's some good Halloween memories, definitely. I'm trying to think. I, I think I probably stopped at y'all's age as well, about 13, 12 or 13, when I stopped going around. I feel like that's a good age stop, and then it turns into mischief, as you kind of brought up earlier. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you, you kind of morph from going out and getting candy to, you know, mischief, as you say. Now, how many old man takes are we going to have today? Everybody, grow. have you seen the price of candy right now? Oh, my God, it's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous what a bag of candy. I mean, you can go, to, go wherever. It's, it could be $20, $30 for a bag of candy. You could easily that spend. Much? Oh, you'll easily spend if you want to take care of everyone that comes to the door. If you live in the right, the right or wrong neighborhood, depending on perspective, you can spend $150, $200 on candy. Yeah. It used to be a hard candy Christmas. Now yeah. it's hard candy Halloween. Yeah. You know, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Price of candy's through the roof. Yep. Yeah. Oh, last thing in your hog update real quick. So Arkansas on the Bet Air Snap is a 13.5-point favorite over Liberty right now. I don't. I got to figure out what the over-under is. But, guys, I was a little surprised it was a that bunch. high. I mean, it should be a bunch. I would think two. so with Hugh Freeze and the way that Arkansas has been running the football. 65, 70, somewhere in there would be my guess. Probably up there. Yeah. That's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any So he's going to win that pivotal game three tonight between Philly and Houston. I don't know. Whoever gets the best pitching. How's that for a short answer? I hadn't watched any of it yet because they, they played Friday. Yeah. They played Saturday. I, I haven't I never, seen it yet. I have not had a chance to really kind of get dialed in, but you know, a lot of people thought Houston would be up 2 nothing at this point. Well, they blew, they blew that first game. They blew that first game. And, um, you know, or they would be. I mean, they're up 5 to nothing and they get beat. And uh, then they got up 5 nothing in the second game and ended up winning. I still think Houston's better, but uh, big game tonight. I was talking to an Auburn student who was a big Astros fan this weekend, and he just went on and on and on about Ryan Stanek. And he was just... Tell us so, about your trip, Ty. It's a great time. Tell us about your trip. Tell us some stories, Ty. Well, we had a, a fun weekend. Got there on Thursday. Um, did go out that night since we were out of Arkansas, and that rule that I don't drink during the week no longer applies there, but like every other SEC town, great food, beautiful women, and cordial cordial time down there. Auburn fans are nice. They weren't as nice as the fans. I got a few FUs after the game, but it wasn't as it wasn't as rampant. <laughs> but as that's I not it necessarily be. because you were from Arkansas. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, you know, that, that, that didn't have anything to do with the game. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, they, I mean, they saw the Arkansas emblem on my chest, and they looked at me and said, F, and then they were kidding, and they were just messing with you, man. But no, there was a... It was an unbelievable that, that that sky bar play. Who says that to a stranger and says, "Oh, just kidding." Um, apparently, Auburn fans do that. Um, but I, it was it was an incredible weekend. That's uh, one of the best bars in the country. Not close. You can weave a tail, Sound I mean, I don't. I don't, <laughs> don't want to get to. This is a PG show. Like, I, we're not diving into NC seventeen at all. Man, I just I just wish I could have been wow. there. You know? Sounds like we should charge him at least half a vacation no, day. No, no, we're at not least. doing that. There was work done on Does Friday That's like a half Saturday. day or a full day vacation should be charged for his trip down there. Hey, I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad yeah. they were nice to you. Yeah. Sounds like they weren't. I mean, cursing you after the ball game. So. They, got their, they got their ass kicked. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was I thought expected. this was a PG show. Yeah. <laughs> 
guys, you guys pull it out of me. You're wanting stuff, and I can't say it. I, I'm, I'm just asking how your weekend went. It That's was all I did. It was an incredible weekend. I'll hopefully get a chance to go back in two years. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.